This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. This is Behind the Rose, where Bachelor Nation meets country music and everything in between. Here's your host, Blake Horseman. Hello and welcome to another episode of Behind the Rose Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Horseman, here with my buddy as usual, Eric Bradley. And today, we're talking to country singer-songwriter Travis Denning. Travis set a record with his song, After a Few, as the longest climb to number one in the history of the country charts, taking 65 weeks. The video for his new song, Abby, is a nod to some of the most over-the-top 90s and early 2000s country videos, and it's amazing. For Travis, what started out as an Instagram joke turned him into a huge Bachelor fan, and we could be looking at some new Bachelor After a Few episodes this season. But first, I was wrong. This Bachelor party last weekend was a little crazier uh, than we anticipated. I mean, I think we both thought it was going to be a little bit more chill. But yeah, for, for me personally, it was not chill. It was, it was chill, chill for 22 out of the 25 guys. Uh, well, I don't know. Every time we came home from the bars, they were still up drinking. <laughs> like They were yeah. just doing it differently. It was just different for them. <laughs> they were just bros having fun. Yeah, I was going to say. All, I mean, those dudes, like, honestly, most of the time they said, I was in bed early on, what night was that? Friday night? Like 11. I mean, people yeah. are staying up till four in the morning every night, man. I don't know how they do it, uh, but it was a lot of fun. I think it's just how those those married guys do it. They like save up all year for this one time to get together with the boys <laughs> and go all out with just each other. Yeah, I was just going to say that, man. They, they get away from their wives. They're like, we're drinking beer till yeah. four in the morning. <laughs> it was a good group of guys, though. Really good yeah. group of guys. We, it was a lot of fun. We missed a fishing trip. Yeah, couldn't quite get uh, up for that. Which really uh, disappointed me. Did you actually get up? Well, I think that was about, I was in the middle of uh couple scenes going on so i think that was about the time i went to bed was the time we were supposed to wake up no so yeah we want to go fishing couldn't go fishing but the boat was amazing we did a fun tour boat tour forgot how long six five six hours was really fun golfing was a blast we sucked yeah, horrible um, round. Yeah, we had a. I had one of the worst rounds in my fucking life. Same. I'm gonna we blame. Both did. I'm gonna blame my rental clubs. You can do that. I'll let you blame the rental clubs because that would be really hard. And I'm gonna blame my my cousin from Boston. <laughs> <laughs> our whole foursome was rough. It was me, you, Jared, and Matt Woodson, and uh, yeah, our whole foursome was just. We didn't even finish the last like three holes. <laughs> we were nah, like, let's go and drink. Nothing. Let's go to Mango Beach, baby. We spent a lot yeah. of time at Mango Beach down there. For those of you who haven't been to Cabo, that's like the party bar we were there, i was there three times dude. daytime party bar i was there thursday friday saturday <laughs> yeah and i was there thursday night and saturday ben won a, a twerking competition shout yes. out to ben higgins that man can turns out you know yeah. the man can move i've got quite possibly the greatest purchase i ever made before and it was him pouring a bucket of water on himself with like basically like tidy whities on <laughs> it looks like i mean it was just he just rolled up i mean yeah, he, he rolled up literally his- everything on the stage that day yeah he crushed it they walked around with a picture on it. was basically like what, like a small whiskey bottle with a picture of him. But I got the best one, in my opinion. I got him dumping a bucket of water over his head while half naked. So that's going on the mantle. It was one of the greatest videos I have, but I will not share. Yeah, we can't share that video, but it was amazing. It was amazing. I almost put it on my uh, Snapchat, but I was like, no, I can't even put it on my Snapchat. I have like 10 followers on Snapchat, but it was a blast. I think Ben had a good time, which is really all that matters. Like, I feel like yeah. he had a great bachelor party. So it was good for him. And, you know, for the most part, we all really got along. I felt like, well, of course, you know, his Midwest boys, like they're hard not to get along with. (laughs) They're just good dudes. The Indiana boys and quite a few Denver guys. And for the most part, all of us bachelor people got along for the most part. Yeah. How was your time with Nick? 
Yeah, I mean, listen, Nick's Nick is gonna be Nick. You know, like, I'm not just gonna say we're just gonna have to agree to disagree on a lot of things. Hey, uh, Eric, did you wear the sweatshirt? I did. I'm actually wearing it right now. <laughs> he did, and Nick did not find it very amusing. Dean Wells, Ben, all loved it. I loved it, but Nick did not find it very amusing. I, I kept looking at Instagram. Every picture you'd post, and, and you know, it'd be the group shot of everybody, and I'd see E back there in the back, and I'm like, dude, let me see your shirt. Come on. I never wore it out, but what does it say? That's my boyfriend. Oh, that's my it best says, friend. It says, that's my best friend. He a real bad bitch. Oh, With Blake sitting on Nick's lap, and they're both shirtless. From Vegas, like three years ago. Did Nick Did Nick see it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, did yeah. he acknowledge it? I mean, he looked at it for yeah. a half a second. And I, mean, I was like, I'm just trying to squash the beef here. He was like, uh, what beef? While well, he's making tic- controversial TikTok <laughs> masterpieces. Damn. But I will give it to Nick. He saved a life. Yeah, he did. He ran to our buddy, Chris Harrison, who, which Not is the, also a funny yeah. thing, because we're on this group email leading up to it. And I, we're just like, it's fucking Chris Harrison coming down. I completely <laughs> forgot about one of Ben's best friends name is Chris Harrison. Yeah. And then Chris Harrison walked through the door and we're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> just kidding. But but Nick, Nick did i mean he was the he ran when when our, our buddy kind of passed out he had kind of passed out he fucking well, he passed he was out. out he was <laughs> he was he had like heat, heat exhaustion dehydrated he wasn't drunk no but yeah nick i give him props man it was it was the most there's the only thing he put his phone down all weekend for <laughs> yeah like me and dean are great like me i get along with dean i was not like nervous at all to like talk to dean or anything like me and dean have never really had it. he's acknowledged he's like he's able to acknowledge like some I love things dean. Yeah, me too. And he's like objectively like acknowledged and he's like, Caitlin could have done some, some things different. You could have done something. Like at least he's objective like that. Nick's just like, no, you, you know, <laughs> we're not getting into that. I don't want to talk shit. So it is what it is. If you guys want to really know the truth, why Blake has no voices because he was <laughs> he was in a little bit of a heated debate, drunk debate. Yeah, drunk <laughs> While debate. While sitting in a fucking hot, hot tub. Yeah. Dude. Uh, <laughs> smoking a cigar. <laughs> yeah, that's actually why. Dude, I smoked so many cigars this weekend. Oh. I mean, I've never seen Blake have so many veins popping out of his chest, like talking. Oh, these are the one of the only people that can really get into my skin is Nick fucking Vial. But he knows what he's doing. He knows what well, he's I doing. Just, yeah, well, He'll get just, it out of you. Yeah. But um, but me and Dean had a great conversation at the end of the night. On, and Wells. What, you and Wells had Wells, a great talk. I, again, Wells isn't either. Wells did talk a lot of shit um, when things was going on. But at least he also was like, dude, you like he can openly say, like, dude, you got railroaded. Like, And you honestly, I think, have a friend, a true friend in Wells that you can confide in. Yeah, I do too. I do too. It was just frustrating listening to him talk a lot of shit about me on his podcast and, and on other things. That hurts. It hurts when your friend fucking talks shit about you and won't acknowledge, you know, other things. Um, so it hurts, but I've never thought of Wells as like... I love Wells. <laughs> yeah, I like Wells too. I like all the boys. Everyone's yeah, exactly. Those are that was a good group of people. And yeah, like I said, me and Dean had a great conversation. We were the only two up Saturday night, four in the morning. And I just looked over. I was like, Dean, I miss you. He's like, Man, I miss you too. <laughs> it was a good conversation. So yeah, all in all, no drama. Good dudes. A lot of fun. A lot of alcohol. A lot of alcohol. The world's worst fucking mezcal ever. Fifteen tequila <laughs> bottles and before the last night, like in three nights, yeah. we took fifteen tequila bottles. And there was like. 10 or 15 bottles of bourbon. Yeah, so many. Oh, yeah, I forgot we went through all those bourbon bottles, too. Jesus. Um, and shout out to the the place we stayed at. Incredible. Yes. Tanzanita de la. Villa Tanzanita de la. De la. Incredible spot. I had so many people in my DMs asking me where I didn't want to say it then because they were coming up to our spot. The view almost looked like we were, we would be in Greece. 
Yeah, like in the Amalfi Coast. And honestly, it wasn't that expensive. If you get enough people, it honestly was not bad. So yeah, if you guys go down to Cabo, go check out Villa de Tanzanita de la. We had a chef, we had a bartender. It was, I felt like I was really living my best life out there. It was actually kind of funny. We ran into, I don't know if we have any Below Deck fans, but we ran oh, yeah. into John Luke from this season of uh, Below Deck. Yeah. And he, it yeah. was funny. You're taking pictures and he's just like, who the fuck is this guy? I walked up to him at the bar at a squid row because he's hard to miss. The dude's like six. The guy's like six, nine. Yeah. Yeah. He's huge. And I walked up to him. I was like, are you on Below Deck? And I thought he thought I was like, you know, like a fan because I've actually never watched a show. I'm the one who pointed him out because I actually, I actually do watch the show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I think he thought I was a fan and we were leaving squid row. And yeah, he kind of like looked at me. He's like, yeah, yeah. And he kind of turned around and all of a sudden it was like well, quite a few people that came up and started taking pictures with me. And he came up. He's like, who are you? And I was like, hey, you want to come on behind the Rose podcast? <laughs> I was yeah. like, <laughs> I was like, I'm on this. I was on the bachelor. He's like, oh, so yeah, hopefully we'll have him on here one time, uh, one of these days. Yeah, so all in all, successful trip. I am. Yeah, I'm hurting a little bit, man. I'm hurting real yeah. bad. I still don't feel 100%. Um, one other thing we should mention, we should mention is congrats to some of our best friends out there. Yes. Caitlin and Jason, baby. They got, I knew it was coming, man, but oh, it still was like a surprise. It was still a great surprise. That rock, though. Holy shit. I've heard rumors. I don't know how big it is. So he texted me this That's morning. That's big. Yeah, he texted me this morning and, and sent me a pic of everything and like let me know. And I heard I've heard it's like I know I don't want to put it out there because I don't know how much it is. I could be maybe I'm undercutting him a little bit. Maybe it's worth more than I've heard, but it's a five carat, five point two. I was gonna carat. say it looks like it's five or six. It's well over six figures. We'll put it that way. The kid did good. Have you seen the reaction? Her reaction was yeah. Well, it's so Caitlin. It's yeah. so her, it's on brand for her. She's like, "Are you shitting me?" No, I think it was an <laughs> She dropped an f bomb. I mean, it was, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Or something? yeah. I just love those two. They're the best. They work so well together yeah. uh, and truly are so in love. That bachelor party is going to be a blast. Can't wait for that one. But even yeah. more, that wedding, man, is going to be off the chain. Off the chain because the people that they hang out with are like our people. You know what I mean? Like they like to have a good time, work hard, play hard type type crew. So, I mean, all of Jason's buddies I know really well. All, obviously, all of Caitlin's friends I know really well. So that is going to be a wild party, man. Yeah. But congrats to those two. We love you guys. We're going to have to go down to Nashville and celebrate with them. Well, we'll be down there soon for Blended Fest. So Yeah. Yeah, a couple months. All right. Coming up, our conversation with Travis Denning, Behind the Rose. little smile, little happy. little touch, little reminisce. We both know how it is. After a few drinks, it's always the same thing. We find ourselves lost in conversation at the bar. Travis, thanks for coming on, man. Good to see y'all, man. Good to finally get an hour to hang out with y'all. Yeah, see, we've been trying to get you on for a minute because we love that you're a big Bachelor fan. And we'll get into that down the road for sure, but we'll talk some Bachelor. But uh, we've been trying to get you on, so I'm glad we finally able to get you on, man. How is it out there in Nashville, man? Are you starting to get busier? Well, you're about to go on tour with Brothers Osborne's, right? Yeah, to totally is kicking back up. We played, uh, we played like eight shows in April, and man, it was like they were real live shows. I mean, it was like legit, you know. Um, I mean, we did like lower capacity in certain venues, but they were all rocking and rolling, man. I mean, it's slowly coming back, and you know, I just say I think we're like right around the corner from it being oh, I agree, full blast, mm -hmm. and. I'm excited, man. Yeah, so slowly getting busy, which means I need to go for a damn jog or something because <laughs> I don't – I'm not sure if I got COVID-19, but I damn sure gained it. So I need to, like, <laughs> get the belly back under wraps. But, man, it's been, it's been nice, you know. It's, it's, it, I'm really excited. 
we haven't really been to a country concert yet. Um, I played a couple DJ gigs out there, but what is the vibe like with the crowd, man? Are they just ready? Like, is it crazier than you've ever seen it? Yeah, you know, it, it's nuts and it's wild, but it's also like, it's just really cool. It seems like everybody's super happy. You know what I mean? Like, just kind of like, there's like a collective, like, finally, you know, that like shows are happening again. And yeah, they've been nuts, man, especially singing, you know, I mean, hell, I never got to play after a few when it was mm. the number one song in the country. Like that happened in June, which was like just everybody had it in June, you know. And so being able to be back on the road and like play it in a, in a legit setting and finally hear people sing that back. I mean, it's like so rewarding. And then like the newer songs mm. off of the EP, you know, playing those. It's just it's crazy. You know, I I told someone the other day, I was like, man, I, you know, I fell in love with fishing so much over the pandemic and then when i went when i finally played these shows i was like oh yeah i kind of forgot i like doing this too so i gotta like i gotta give up my professional angling uh dreams and i gotta go back to the country music singing you're about ready to retire and just pick up the rod you know <laughs> i know i was like well i mean i don't know i guess i'll start i don't know what i'm gonna do yeah, your Instagram stories were nothing but out on the on the boat. Dude, if I took all those away this summer, I wouldn't have posted anything. On <laughs> yeah, right. You needed some content. Yeah. Were you in Nashville throughout quarantine, or were you back home out in Georgia? Or I was uh, here for most of it, but me and my girlfriend actually went to her parents' place in Kentucky for oh. probably two damn months. Man, I think we went up there at the end of March, and I came back uh like the end of may um just because i had like the ep release coming out and a bunch of radio stuff going on but hell we went up there because you know i'm in like a little 2,000 square foot kind of townhome style house and they live on 18 acres and you know we were able to golf and go fishing and do all that kind of stuff and i was like let's just get the hell out of here i mean what else are we going to do so we mainly spent time up there and I, i did go home to georgia uh for like a week or two my folks live in uh maryland we flew up there and saw them and just kind of went all around man that's awesome i mean that's always nice when you have like a, a house like that with acres you can go to just just can't you guys get like rv four-wheel you know atv all that kind of stuff man yeah walk up to the barn and just drink beer you know what i mean like, <laughs> the stuff, like just to have something to do and you know they live in a little a neighborhood with like only like 15 houses if that and so the neighborhood's really tight and we had a lot of you know hangs and it was just nice to get there and spread our legs and it really too like kind of shifted madison's like perspective on you know when i first met her she was like i want to live in a city forever like i love this and she was like hell no i want to be out in the middle of nowhere where i can't see nobody like that's how i want to live i'm like Thank you, because that's, that's, that's how I, want to I feel like a lot of people have actually come to that conclusion during quarantine because all the cities have slowly like everybody's moving out of the cities into the country. Uh, so she's definitely not the only one, which is cool. I agree. Like, I think even me, I'll admit it. I think me, I always wanted I've lived like loft downtown or whatever. But now I'm like, I want to place out like with a yard and shit, you know, now. So. Hey, man, that. Yeah, all that stuff, man. I just love being a little closer to like the outskirts. Like, like I said, mm-hmm. I love being on the lake. I love just I love just being out. Man, I grew up going to like the shitty Mexican restaurant and like we were lucky if we had a Chick-fil-A and I like that. You know what I mean? Like I don't really need I don't really need everything. I don't need the new chic like bar that just opened up and and I like that. I mean, don't get me wrong, I've loved that part of living in East Nashville, but I'm kind of just excited to get into like some quiet, you know. No, I hear you. I understand. So, yeah, let's let's get into kind of growing up down in Georgia and everything, man. So, was music always the plan? 
Yeah, I mean, it was definitely like the first thing I just fell in love with. You know, I mean, I tried every sport and I was garbage at all. So, <laughs> like, I remember like getting excited because my basketball coach let me play a whole quarter. You know what I mean? Like, it was. That <laughs> and um, yeah, when I was like seven years old, I just remember my dad like playing me ACDC for the first time. And I was like, what in the hell is this? I was like, I don't, I was just like, I don't know what this is, but I want a lot more of it. And I kind of just got really passionate about music and, and like rock and roll. And I got my first guitar when I was 10 years old. And I mean, it, it was just the first thing I grabbed and like, it just kind of clicked. Like, and I, and I don't mean that by, I could play damn every ACDC song. Right. It's like I kind of like had it in my hands and I was like, I understand the concept of this and um, started taking lessons and hell, I took guitar lessons for about a year and a half or two years. And then just, you know, never, never stopped. You know, once I stopped doing lessons, I just kept playing. I love that ACDC was like the inspiration. Cause I'm a huge ACDC fan too. I've seen oh, yeah. them live a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's, yeah. I mean, it's like, I just think they're like the perfect rock band in my opinion, just because you don't, you don't have to think that hard about their songs. Like they're just straight down the middle, meat and potatoes, like great rock and roll. And when you're seven years old and you hear that, you're like, this is badass. Like, I don't I mean, just, this is awesome. You don't have to think about it. I grew up. That's what I, my dad was listening to like ACDC, Boston, um, all those kinds like Steve Miller band, all those bands growing up. So I loved all that. So I love that. That was your, your inspiration. So did you want to be like a rock star? I mean, nowadays country stars kind of are rock stars or did like country was kind of like always something you also wanted to do, man. It was, it more came the, the country thing of just like my love for country music really started to come out when I started like writing songs, mm. like my sister loved country music ever since she was a kid and so just like as an older brother you just don't like what your sister likes you know i was like <laughs> i don't give a shit about this i hate country music blah 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 and then like i remember hearing like anything but mine by kenny chesney that like she, you know she loved kenny chesney and i remember hearing anything but mine and just being like damn that's kind of a good song like i just kind of like you know i was like connected to something in it i didn't know what it was but i was just like okay that ain't that bad and then like Zach Brown band came out and Zach Brown band was actually a huge turning point for me. I mean, I was in high school. Hell, I was like 16 years old and the foundation album came out. And when I heard like chicken fried, I just remember being like, Oh damn, that's cool. Like, and it, it's really country, but it's kind of Americana. Like it had a touch of Neil Young too. I don't know what it was. It was just like all these little things. And then they had songs on there. Like it's not okay. And they were just straight barn burner. Like, you know, bluegrass country picking. And I'm like, hell, they're just shredding. Like, this is like Pantera, just country. You know, I was like, I mean, they're playing so many notes. And so as a guitar player, I love that and not country. But I mean, John Mayer was like a big turning point for me too, of just going like, damn, this guy plays the guitar, plays his ass off. And he has these like phenomenal songs. And then all of a sudden that led me to like Keith Urban. You know what I mean? It was like that kind of parallel and I think that was just the shift in high school. And I started realizing I wanted to write songs. And when I sat down with acoustic guitar, the only thing I could write about was how I grew up. Yeah. Just what I did. And all of a sudden it's like the things I really started to relate to were those things that I felt like were written about me and where I came from, the people who I grew up with. And of course that was at the time that was like Jason Aldean was just absolutely blowing up and, 
and Luke Bryan, and they were Georgia boys too, which was really cool. And mm-hmm. it was just kind of a culmination of all those little things where I went, man, I think I need to really dive in. And when, when I dived into country music and got an Alan Jackson, George Strait, Shenandoah, Earl Thomas Conley, Jerry Reed, it was like, this shit's awesome, you know, and I, I just mm-hmm. fell in love with it. I grew up kind of the same where, cause my mom and sister loved country music and I was like, fuck country music. You know, I was like, yeah, oh, that. Exactly. And then I, yeah, yeah. And then, cause I want to be like a rock. My dad was listening to rock and stuff. And then, but over time, like, yeah, I started listening to country music. And I started to like it. And then I'll, yeah, my first like country music, like fest and like live show, I was like, Oh my God, like, this is it. This is what I like. And I remember Keith Urban, man, you mentioned Keith Urban. That man can shred. Oh, like yeah. I've, like oh, whole, yeah. when I saw him live, I was like, Oh my God, this man is a God on a, on a guitar, man. It's crazy. Just absolutely. And that's the thing is like, I tell people all the time, it's like, I'm a, like guitar playing was my first love. Right. And that was really just what I felt. I'm like, I'm a country singer in country music that plays guitar. It's like, how can he not be one of my freaking just yeah. biggest influences? You know I mean? I've loved all of his records and, um, you know, I've never, I've never told him that I've been around a few times, but I'm just like, I don't want to be that guy, you know, but uh, I've definitely been drunk and I'm like, we need to like jam, man. We should <laughs> and he's like, cool. Like, can you get away from me? I don't know who you are. I'm like, yeah, uh, man. Yeah. I, I just love Keith and, and the older guys like Jerry Reed and obviously Chet Atkins. I mean, like the foundation of country guitar playing, even to, I mean, I'm telling you, John Osborne from brothers Osborne, in my opinion, is the best guitar. He is in insane. Like, and I love that the guitar playing is still just like, it still has its lane in country music. Whereas I think in a lot of ways it's shifted the, from that, but honestly, all of music has kind of shifted from guitars. It's just, Agreed. and it's just the, I mean, I'm not like bitching. I'm just saying it's, it's totally, it's the kind of, you know, shit, get, it changes, it, it evolves and all that. And one day it'll totally come back around and cyclical. Everything's cyclical, man. Exactly, Fishing music. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So kind of getting into your writing process, man, what is that process like for you? Cause you've written some, some bangers, man. It's just, it all starts with like an idea. I mean, I, I literally can't even write it if we don't have a, a great title or a great hook. Um, so I guess you could say it really is the title, but I mean, it's just the all around idea. I have a hard time getting in a room, even with like my closest friends and not having shit. Like I can't sit there and just dig and dig and dig and then go like, Oh, with this, you know, I love getting in the room and either me or one of my co-writers goes, I got this idea. Here it is. Boom, boom, boom. And that's what immediately gets my like wheels rolling and just me excited and for me, I just try to think of the best way to – I think I start lyrically, honestly, which I think most people would think I start musically. But to me, I, I love lyrics. That's why I love country music. And it really just starts there. And then it's just – and then from that point, it's just different every time. You know what I mean? It can, yeah. be, it can be like, oh, I have this guitar vibe. I've got this, you know, idea musically. I've got a song coming out May 15th called Call It Country. And that song – was literally the opposite of what I just said. It was like, start, we started with a guitar. I, I was like, I want to write a barn burner. I want to write this fast. I had this guitar lick and we kind of dug in for the idea and we finally got to the idea. But once we did that shit, we wrote it in like an hour, you know, I mean, just mm. it out. So it just depends, man. It just depends. Yeah. We kind of asked that, you know, for all the musicians to come on the show and everybody's a little different, but then also they have things like that where like, They'll do it completely different and make an incredible song too, you know? So yeah, every, every now and then I think you just do have to go off script because 
I think Jeffrey Steele said it best. He was like one of the greatest songwriters of all time. He said songwriting is a muscle, and if you don't work it out, it won't get bigger. But I also do think if you train that muscle the exact same way all the time, it will get fatigued and it'll plateau. And so I think you do have to, like, shift it. But, man, for me, it has always been about the idea. I mean, Her World or Mine, when I wrote that for Michael Ray, Jamie Paul and one of the co-writers, he had that title. He had the hook, and I was like, holy shit, that's awesome, you know? And it was like mm-hmm. – the songs I've written that I really love, we had the idea when we came in the room. You know, it, I mean, David Ashley Parker, After a Few, all that, like, we had it. I mean, After a Few, like, that came out roughly, like, June, right, of 2020? Is that what you said? It went, it went number it went one. number one, so yeah. Number one, yeah. The song, I, I put it out in January of, of 2019. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, it had a, a pretty long-ass haul to number one. In fact, it had the longest haul to number one in the history <laughs> radio I, it was 65 weeks wow um, yeah from started to number one so what was it like were you ever like man this is not gonna make it like when is this gonna drop off the charts so did you expect it you just kept seeing it go and go oh, and hell go. no there were like there were two or three times where the first time that it really got concerning was when it hit like 31 and it was like it just could we couldn't like get it to 30 and once you hit 30 this is a little like inside baseball here, but like once you hit 30, you know, then you get played on the countdown, like Kicksbrook's countdown. And, you know, I talked to my label about it and I just obviously expressed my just concern. And, and David Friedman at, at the label just said, he said, this song is not going to die with a three in front of it. And I guarantee it. And I said, okay, so we held on. And then it just, then it just was like, Went from 29 to 25 to 22, and it was like hauling ass. Then it was top 20, and then it hit 15, and it went like 13, 14, 13, 15, 13. 15. And I was just going like, <laughs> we're gonna have it, we're gonna have a top 15. But at that point, I was so excited because shit, that was the highest I'd ever been. And man, right when it hit, it hit top 10 like two weeks after shit hit the fan as far as the pandemic oh gotcha man and so i thought well i don't know we'll have a top 10 it's the pandemic who knows what's going on and just like lo and behold man it hit 10 and it was like it felt like a brand new song like it felt like it had all this steam that it never had and once once it hit there and we started seeing like the research and people were loving it that's when i was like okay i think it's gonna i think it's gonna get there and i'll be honest without the pandemic it wouldn't have gone number one because, you know, we were supposed to be out with Sam Hunt and Kit Moore all summer last year. Yep. And our whole idea was when this tour starts, we're, when After Fuse top 10, we're going to move on. Like we're going to, cause I want to start this tour with a brand new single and all that. So, you know, it's, it's a weird, it's just crazy, a crazy yeah. turn of events. And I, I'm still very thankful it went number one. It, it was, I mean, still just probably the greatest moment of my career so far. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. A lot, a lot more moments like that to come, though, I feel like, because I love your new song, man. I love Abby. Uh, tell the story behind that song, because it's, it's so great. I listen to it, and, like, your songs can be very literal. Like, you talked about your couple of your other songs. Like, I feel like sometimes you're just, you're just telling a story kind of throughout your song. I like that a lot. I love that about country music, man. Like, I mean, Don't Take the Girl by Tim McGraw, I Go Back. It's like some of those huge songs, like, they ain't doing no smoking mirrors. They're just telling you that story, and Abby was a song that I heard it sometime in 2019. 
And a buddy of mine played it for me before a show. We were just hanging out drinking a beer, and he goes, "Man, you you got to hear this song!" Like, and he did. He's this guy's not even in the music business. He's just like oh, has buddies and had some demos, and he played me Abby. It was like the light bulb. Like I just lost my mind. I'm like, "Is nobody cutting this?" And he's like, well, "You know, I don't know." And so I, I knew who the the co-writers were on the song. And so I called one of their publishers and I was like, is anybody recording Abby? They're like, hell, this song's like eight months old. Like ain't nobody cut it. I'm like, well, I'll cut this some bitch in a month. Like I will record mm-hmm. this song. And uh, man, I, I couldn't believe I got it. I mean, I couldn't believe nobody recorded it. And so I recorded it, kind of teased it like early on on Instagram. And it was like, I posted a video of it and it was insane. Like shit got shared like a thousand times and all this stuff. And I knew we had something special then. And uh, we put it out on valentine's day of 2020 and uh which i was very proud of i'm like you know i'm spoken for i got a great relationship with madison but i was like there's a lot of people who have definitely burned a bridge or two and and (laughs) i'm gonna put a song out for those folks (laughs) and man it just i mean truly like just kind of caught like wildfire with fans and i just just been blown away by it like i said y'all before we start recording i mean we literally close our shows with it right now we we don't close with after a few because everybody's waiting to hear it. And I think that's so special and um, honestly blown away that Ashley uh, Chase and uh, Matt Jenkins, like hadn't had somebody else record it. (laughs) So I'm so grateful and thankful. They let me take it. I think people relate to that song. I think so many people can like something in that song, like you said, kind of, they gravitate towards. Cause I mean, I know when I listen to it, I'm like, yeah, I've I've been in that situation, you know, something like that. So it's pretty cool. Everybody at one point in their life has let dignity fly out to the wind when they're breaking up with somebody. I mean, you have to, I know I've I've done it. I mean, Mm -hmm. I can remember specifically a breakup. I called this girl and she was in the car with her parents, but she pissed me off so bad. And I broke up with her while she was in the car with her parents. And we had been dating for a while, like a year. Like, I mean, I knew her parent, and I was just like, I don't give a shit. Like, I can't, I'm over this. And um, I mean, obviously, like next morning, I was like, probably could have handled that a lot better. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, everybody has definitely just lit the match, threw it on the bridge, and said, middle finger to the sky, I'll, I'll see you never. I think that's why people dig it, man. I mean, somebody, somebody posted on Instagram the other day. They were like, hey, man, I used your song to break up somebody today, man. I was like, damn. That's yeah. That wasn't the point of the song, but all right. <laughs> hey, that's not messed up. Okay. How much fun did you have making that music video? Yeah. Man, it was just stupid fun, dude. Like, I mean, you know, and the whole video, like the way it starts, that's how the idea came about. Me and Madison and her brother were chilling at the house. We just watched a movie. It was like 8.45. Do you watch another movie? Like, what, what do you do? You know, it's going to be damn midnight before you're done with it. And I said, well, do you want to watch another movie? She goes, let's just watch like early 2000s, like country music videos. I'm like, I'm in. So, we're, I mean, we're watching Toby Keith, Montgomery Gentry, and Sarah Evans, Terry Clark, just like all this, yep. Kenny Chesney. And I mean, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, this is what the Abbey video needs to be. I think I was literally watching Who's Your Daddy by Toby Keith. But he's in that like yellow truck. That is what we're going to do. Like we have got to do this video. That's where it started. I mean, I called my manager that night and I was just like, I've got the idea. That video probably could have played out literally, you know, like the song. But I was like, mm-hmm. I just feel like that's not cool it's like whatever it's, it's, it's very it's, normal like most music videos are like that yeah it's like and i was like man i just want to go out of my comfort zone and 
and put on a fake goatee and affliction pants and let's go. <laughs> so you're at the house and you go into John's closet and you pull out probably a couple of his jackets for the video. I mean, literally that white jacket is John Michael's wedding jacket. Oh, Ritz's wedding. Oh, oh wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. You know, when we were when we were in Kentucky, like during quarantine, yeah, we raided the closet. He's he's still got all his old jackets. And I, I called Miss Crystal. I was like, hey, I need I need a jacket for this video. She's like, say less. I got you. That's pretty cool though. So that is his wedding jacket in the everybody go check out the video. It's awesome. It's like rainy. It's like it's oh, exactly yeah. like you would imagine a two thousands, like late nineties. It's country. like Rascal Flats, Kenny Chesney, Toby Keith, and just the jacket is just there. I don't know what. Yeah. I was like, I have to wear this jacket in this video. It's tasseled all the way down the arm. And I mean, it's perfect, man. Yeah. And it was so fun, man. I mean, PJ Brown directed it. And I mean, PJ's just awesome guy. Um, it was the first time I'd worked with him. And we literally just got on the phone one day and I just kind of told him what I was thinking and sent him the videos. And it was the easiest damn thing I've ever filmed. You know, I mean, we just awesome. drank beer the whole time and, and goofed off. And it, it was a blast. Yeah, it looked like you guys were having fun, I'll tell you that. So I do want to get in some bachelor talk and I want to get to what you have uh, kind of coming up. So we'll do that right after this. Now let's get into bachelor talk because you always have really funny like stuff on your Instagram and stuff during. Yeah, you always do great recaps. Yeah, I, that, that, was, that was an idea that came about like right when after a few came out. And I got to give total credit to Taylor at, at my label. She, she came up with that. She was like, what if you did the bachelor like after a few drinks? And I was like, well, I don't watch this show and I never have in my life. I said, but I'll give it a shot. And yeah, I watched that whole season of Colton and <laughs> man, I was, I was pretty blown away. I was like, just never watched any kind of television like that. And you know what I did? I was like, your cliche dude. I was like, this is stupid, all this. And then damn like fifth episode, I'm like, well, how the hell can she just like keep that from me? <laughs> I'm like, no, no. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm digging the show. You went and, right down the rabbit hole. Yep, yep. And, and, and of course, it's like I put out the recaps and everybody loves them. So then everybody's like, you have to keep doing them. I'm like, I don't want to keep Yep. Now you're in the hole, man. <laughs> I'm in the hole. But I, I made it like halfway through the, the Peter season two. And then I, I, I petered out pretty much. <laughs> I gave it all I could. And, uh, but man, it was so fun. And you talk about just relatable, man. How can you not watch that and be like, hell, I've kind of gone through this. Like, yeah, any point. <laughs> not with 20 different girls in one house. <laughs> I, I was thinking this the other day because you're right. Like so many people can relate to the show and everything. I think that's why sometimes people are so passionate because like if a guy breaks, you know, dumps a girl, they've been dumped that way. So then they get angry and they're like, I've been dumped like that. So they take it out on the lead or whatever. It's just crazy, man. The Bachelor Nation world is just wild, man. I mean, you saw it in the comments and everything of your videos, man. It's just crazy. Oh, exactly, man. People just being like, I mean, they're like asking me questions like, well, what'd you think about this? I'm like, dude, I had half a bottle of tequila before I watched this. I don't, I don't even really remember filming it. I mean, I don't know. And, uh, but it's, it's so cool, man. And my, my favorite thing about it was just really just like before I even started filming, I'm like, I had so much fun just being on Twitter and like reading people's tweets. Yes. I mean, it's like, it's this weird, like, collective just love for the drama and it kind of brings people together probably people who are arguing about teams and rivalries and politics and all this other bullshit but yet like every monday they were down there 
who's going home and who's staying. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Man. Even me, man. I was like, what a bunch of douchebags. Then I went on the fucking show. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. I'm totally in it. You know, I was like, these guys are losers, you know? And then I go on it. So the, every guy, a lot of guys I meet, you know, they'll come up and be like, are you Blake? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, my girlfriend makes me watch the show. I'm like, really? He's like, no, man, I fucking love it. You know, it's, like one of those, it's like, I knew it. <laughs> You're like, hell, I would never be, I'd never be on this thing. It's like, let me sign this contract. Okay, yeah. I'll be on <laughs> I know, man. It's So are you going to do uh, any more seasons? That's what everybody wants to know. You know? you know, man, I think if I do, if I do some more recaps, I'm going to have to like go big or go home. I think what I would like to do is like bring some special guests on like go. watch it with me. Like you and Hardy need to do one. Oh my God. Just yeah. get that, hammered and just like, I, I would love to see Hardy watch an episode. <laughs> oh, I think I, you know, that's like one of my boys. I think he'd be like, no, but I, I'll tell you who I like begged to do it with me when I first started him was Chase Rice. I was like, Chase, just come <laughs> over one night. And I sent him what I was doing. And he's like, he's like, man, I, I don't know if I can be as, quick witted and all that i'm like i don't care just come over and just be yourself it'll be amazing so chase if you're listening you need it we have to do this we have to do it <laughs> that would be gold man that would be gold we, we we would love to have both of you guys on and do a recap with us I was say, Blake, you'll, Blake, you'll just have to come you'll just have to come to nashville and do one with me if we if done we, man yeah. Yeah. <laughs> done then we'll just film the recap right after yeah man that'd be a blast actually exactly what does it look like for you i know you said you got you had like eight shows in april are you back? Like, is the Sam Hunt tour going? Like, what, what does it look like right now for you? Big Brothers Osborne. Yeah, but we're going to be on tour with Brothers Osborne this fall. It'll be us, Tennille Towns, and Brothers. And, man, we're so fired up. I mean, it's like 50 dates, I think. And, I mean, it's, it's a big old tour. We start the end of July, and we go to December. Man, I'm so fired up. We're, I mean, we're going everywhere. Yeah, we'll be out in Denver. We'll be out in California. We're spending three weeks on the West Coast. I mean, it's going to be oh, awesome. nice. Yeah, I'm pretty fired up. Yeah, I love I love Denver, man. I mean, it's – you know, obviously for some of the social liberties that y'all are able to take. <laughs> Quite a few of those. <laughs> a, a lot of other places, but, uh, yeah. man, it, uh, it's so fun. And Grizzly Rose is always fun. Eric, I know you've been to uh, see me. There. I was going to bring that up because you've played there a few times. What's, like, your favorite, like, memory or? Man, I think, honestly, I think that show, man, that was the first time we, like, headlined it. I mean, I was worried. I was like, this place is the size of a damn Walmart. Man, we saw, I mean, shit, we sold, like, just under a 1,000 tickets, and, like, people were up front and partying, and this was uh, January of 2020. So, I mean, we, we didn't know the world was going to end yet. A month away. Yeah, and it was like, man, it was so crazy. We played that show. And uh, then I flew to Costa Rica and did a, a show out there. And when we were in Costa Rica, Kobe Bryant passed away. And it was like, that was just like the first thing. And then it was just like, just literally shit the bed. I mean, we were out with Dustin Lynch, did Grizzly Road. I was like, this is going to be my year. It's going to be awesome. Like, here we go. And then just everything started falling apart. So, but now, dude, you'd probably sell out the Grizzly Rose now, man. You probably get one of them belt buckles now. Now, yeah. and that, that'd be crazy. I hope, I hope we can definitely do that. Maybe, maybe next year, you know, after this brothers tour, we'll come back, man. It's just always fun being out there, man. I mean, it smells like dog food or whatever that plant is, right? Yeah, right of the Purina plant. Golly, the grossest <laughs> smell. It's like dog food and gasoline. Yeah, it's like, ugh. but I just love playing there because it's a low lit, dirty, fun honky tonk. That's the shit I love to play, man. Yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm excited. Congrats on all the success, man. Killing it. Yeah, thank I can't you. wait to see you and Jingle John, man. You guys better have some just some 10 minute solos on this tour. He, me and him, uh, did a little thing the other day. We were hanging out, and he said, uh, 
He said, lucky for you, our fan base has been learned to like guitar solos. And I said, yeah. I said, I'm a, we're going to get like 35 minutes. I'm going to play two songs. It's going to be it. <laughs> Just ripping. That. Just ripping. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on. It's good to officially meet you and everything. And we really are going to do that Bachelor recap thing. We will find a way Come to make on, that man. happen. Oh, I'll, man. I'll, I'll revive it just for you. Yes. So yes. That's what we like to hear. Yes. Yeah. You should. I mean, Blake is Mr. Stagecoach. Yeah. I mean, the country music is kind of my thing. Come on. There we go. There we go. Hey, thank you all right. so much for having me, man. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. It. We'll see Absolutely, you. man. We'll talk soon again. Absolutely. Cheers, guys. All right, see you, man. Peace. Thanks for listening, everyone. Be sure to follow our Instagram at Behind the Rose Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, comment, like, and give us all five of those damn stars. Behind the Rose is recorded on site at the world famous Grizzly Rose or wherever we happen to be. See you next time, Behind the Rose. <laughs>